Welcome to Christ and Culture, a podcast about two kingdoms, man's kingdom and God's kingdom, and how they collide. What's up, guys? Good to be back, man. I'm glad you are here. And uh, again, we're at Christ and Culture. And today, I got my buddy, Matt. Man, go on and introduce yourself, Matt. Hey, everybody. My name is Matt. And uh, yeah, I'm good friends with Paul. We've been working yeah. together for about a year, right? It's been great, dude. <laughs> Matt, he's a cool cat, man. If Thanks, you want to meet anybody that's cool, you check out Matt. Man, man. what a glowing review. <laughs> so uh, what do you do at the church? Yeah, so Paul and I go to church together, and um, I'm actually the student minister uh, for your viewers. How are them uh, young kids? That's man. right. So, And uh, I'm also the communications director, too, yeah. as well. So obviously we had the pandemic, and churches are having to shift yeah. to digital and rethink things. And so that's kind of a new hat that I'm starting to wear. So student ministry and, like, all things digital with the church I'm starting to take a hold of. So. Yeah, you did a man. great job at it, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah, you, you disseminate that information very well to well, me. <laughs> yeah, I have a good coworker named Paul Rideout, creating video content. So. Uh, yeah, check him out, man. The Minister of Information. <laughs> Paul Rideout. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Matt, man, I brought you on the show because, dude, I want to talk about race a bit, man. Yeah. It's, it's a bomb, boom. That's uh, kind of like blowed off all in the world and stuff yeah. like that since a couple of things that happened, man. And Christians, I think, especially uh, want to know how to deal with this, how yeah. to live. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're in one space or another, it's like it's a big thing that's going on around the world. So I want to talk about that experience, man. And so I yeah. want to ask you a question, man. What is your experience? Like, what has your experience been as a Christian and as a, 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 an Asian brother? Yeah. So let's back up a little bit uh, for your listeners again. Uh, talk about this conversation's uh, one of those tough ones for yeah, for, for, sure, for Christians and church leaders, parents, you know, and individuals because you know when you talk about race and ethnicity, it deals with personhood, identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, there's a lot of uh, baggage, emotions, memories, um, and so yeah, that is it's just hard. You know, it, uh, it is, makes man. people feel uncomfortable Very at times, right? Man. Um, yeah. But it's it's one of those necessary things. And, you know, for me, at, sorry about that. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, but for me as a Christian, right, part of my identity of how God created me is being Asian, specifically Chinese American. And so, you know, I'll break that down for some of your listeners as we yeah, continue I actually want to break that down okay. with you just a, a second, man. There's been this thing going on around, and it's about, like, I heard a lot for as African-American. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're like, I'm not African, man. Yeah. I'm American. You know, and they kind of say, like, it like uh, makes them differentiate from their true nature. And I know yeah. some people, uh, like, they hold on to it. You know, they mm-hmm. wear dashikis and stuff. They go about talking about their African culture, mm-hmm. you know. And then others are like, no, man, I'm black, you know. But I'm I'm only American. Yeah. How do you feel about How do you feel about that in uh, uh, being Chinese-American? Yeah. Or are you just American or... Do you like that idea of holding on to the heritage or, or anything yeah. like that? Well, let me break that down for you. And, and, and someone identifying as that and, you know, bringing that up, you know, there's different categories, right? You, so you have race, ethnicity, nationality, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, two of those, you know, really are social constructs, you know, things that human beings have created, okay? So example is race. Race is a social construct. Oh, yeah, there's only one race, brother, the human race. <laughs> and that's something people typically talk about. But realistically... Um, race is something that mankind has developed for legal reasons, for voting, political reasons, um, even classifications for businesses. And so that's actually not something that we see in Scripture that God creates and identifies people as. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do see is ethnicity, ethne, right? Yeah. For your <laughs> Greek well, scholars. Yeah. Like, I haven't taken Greek yet, <laughs> but I do, have, uh, I do have Hebrew, and that's goy. Yeah, that's right. So like that we do see, you know, and so, for example, like my race— given to me, right, by person is I'm Asian, right? You classify that when I go to the voting ballot, yeah. you know, I fill out forms, I mark off Asian Pacific Islander. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go a little bit deeper, right? Oh, my, I didn't know you marked off Pacific Islander. <laughs> well, you got me on that Asi- one, Asian and Pacific. It's, uh, the same one, that's like, it's like uh, black, not Hispanic. That's right. Yeah, they go, they <laughs> classified together, right? Social constructs. Nationality-wise, I was born in America, right? So mm-hmm. nationality is where you're born. So, for mm-hmm. example, you could be black like you, right? And you could be born 
in Brazil, right? So that mm-hmm. would be your nationality, Brazilian, right? But then there's also like, it gets really mixed and convoluted at times. So we just gotta be very clear on our terms and know that it's a very nuanced conversation. Yeah, for so sure, eth- ethnically, ethnically, right? Me personally, I am Chinese, right? Specifically, my family has um, came over from Hong Kong, right? Mm-hmm. So like, that is my ethnicity, race, Asian, nationality, um, is American. And yeah. so like there, there are these layers of identity hood that, mm-hmm. you know, for some people they're more comfortable identifying than others. And so that's why it's, it's so nuanced. Yeah, it is. Like. I think, uh, it's a little bit different, I guess, to say for me in this respect, because you know, your family came from China. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, but me, I guess I know it came from Africa, but <laughs> I've been here so long, you know what I mean? When yeah. We brought over on boats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit different like that. I it guess. is. Yeah, it is. Definitely I just is. wanted to think about it from another perspective and see what somebody else like uh, mm-hmm. uh, of a different nationality slash ethnicity slash race, mm-hmm. uh, since those are all three of the constructs, yeah. <laughs> or uh, uh, what it kind of like, how you felt about that, you know, because I thought about that. But anyway, man, I'm sorry I interrupted you no, and I your think experience that, and all that no, stuff. No, I think that's good for listeners to know because ter- words matter, right? They words do, are sure. very important, and every word we use carries weight and a meaning. So we just want to make sure everybody's on the same equal footing on what I'm talking about, what you're talking about, yep. and when they hear in the news. And sometimes people mean different things, right, mm-hmm. when it comes to those topics. So uh, for your listeners, if you guys are out there and you ever get confused by somebody Ask them, what do you mean by race, ethnicity, or nationality? That's yeah. really important so yeah. that you can move forward in the conversation. But getting back to me and, and <laughs> your question about... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man, we sidetracked, man. We took that well. No, I was man. reading a Hebrew, and it's like, uh, and he turned aside. That's right. We turned aside there, brother. But um, let's get back on the But path. that was good to lay the groundwork. Um, so my family, right? So for me, my perspective, again, perspective and opinion. Um, so my family actually is from Los Angeles, California. That's where they immigrated to. Um, actually, I'm, let me back up. Sorry about that, Paul. So like I told you, my family is from Hong Kong. They immigrated, um, actually undocumented. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Man. So we, hey, we they, had to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they came over in the 1940s uh, okay, with cool. the Japanese, um, you know, invasion to China, um, occupation. Uh, that's the term. Um, mm-hmm. And so they came over to America uh, undocumented. And, and so they actually started in San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and, and I don't know if your listeners know much about Asian American history, but there is um, it, it's, it's very fascinating to learn about the migration of Asians um, amongst the years. And it's it's yeah. very uh, rich. Uh, it's very complicated. It's uh, there's a lot of problems in it. Um, so one of the things, for example, is when my family came over, they had to stay in Angel Island, which is where all Asian Chinese specific immigrants came and had to stay uh, before they could go and <laughs> be disseminated throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where my grandparents went through, and then they kind of scattered in Oakland, San Francisco area, and eventually made it down. Um, so I know that's a long story, but mm-hmm. for me, man... It's uh, actually quite fascinating, because yeah. I know that there was a big uh, uh, migration uh, for uh, the Chinese people and the Asian people, because I think, you know, I don't I, I don't want to sound bad or anything, okay. but... I just know they did, like the railroads and stuff like that. Whenever all that happened, yeah, Francisco, the gold yeah. rush and stuff. That was a time when a lot of Asian people came. That's over. right. Yeah. So fascinating enough, my great great grandparents came over to uh, be part of that on my mom's side. So mm-hmm. actually, my 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 maternal grandfather, his family has roots in being part of the transcontinental ro- railroad. Oh, wow. That's cool. um, so they had been in America for a while, but you know my. Other grandparents, they, they immigrated as undocumented um, mm-hmm. immigrants. And so within that, there was quite a bit of anti-Asian sentiments. Yeah. <laughs> and so if your listeners ever look up, 1882 Chinese Exclusion Act, mm. uh, which basically barred people from China and it trickled down to other Asian uh, ethnicities to not come over to as well. So, mm. like, already we're starting on a complicated yeah. foot with America and Asians. Yeah. Dog on America, man. That's right, but it also came at the expense of African Americans, too. So, uh, we can get more into that at another time, um, but that's kind of like my ethnic background. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, growing up, I grew up in the Los Angeles area of San Gabriel Valley, San Gabriel Valley of Los Angeles, uh, which is one of, to be honest, one of the most densely populated. Uh, communities of Asian American immigrants and Asian Americans. Um, And so, like, for me, my experience being Chinese American and Asian American is going to be 
a little bit different to some degree to, to an Asian American, maybe from, you know, the D.C. area or mm-hmm. New York, right? Uh, or in more rural parts where there's less dense populated Asian Americans, Asians. Um, but there are going to be similarities as I kind of flesh out things from my experience mm-hmm. um, that they can like, oh, yeah, I experienced that too. But to also there's going to be a limit where like, yeah, I never experienced that too. Mm-hmm. So Man, I'm trying to like, I'm just, while he was talking, you know, I, was, I wasn't zoning out, but I was like just trying to recall in my head uh, how many Asian people I knew when I was in school, in high school. I grew up in a little bitty town. You know yeah. Man, I just can't think of anybody that I knew that was in that home city. You know what I'm saying? I got to hang around a lot of Asians, man, because, dude, they so cool, dude. You know what Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have some buddies from Taiwan, man. I used yeah. to dance. If you ever look at my Facebook page, you yeah. might see one where I learned to dance. and I said, But I just, ooh, that's crazy, man. When you were talking about the most densely populated area. That's something I never even knew, man. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, there's also reasons why, you know, ethnic communities in America, uh, there are reasons why they are. They are where they, they are. are. They are where they are or they're more densely populated than another. So your listeners may not know Los Angeles, right? They think of this big metropolis. They think of, you know, the diversity in it. But mm-hmm. it also has a history um, of basically zoning specific communities yeah. and neighborhoods. So, for example, the reason why where my family lives is so densely populated is because uh, city planners made the decision that this was going to be the community that Asian people yeah. could live in. Yeah. All right, and and that's that's something that people don't talk about, and a lot of even Asian Americans don't know. Yeah. Um, hey man, that's been happening to black folks too. That's right, redlining, man. Redlining stuff, man. is a real thing in America's yeah. past. You know, very For complicated. Sure. But you know, here we are, 2021. Yeah, man. You know? well, yeah, I'm glad we had a 2020. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes 2020 and 2021, they're like sisters, I and know, uh, like those issues just trickle down together, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that life's tough, man. But continue on with your experience, man. Uh, yeah, so growing up, you know, I, I went uh, to, you know, where we lived was densely populated right now. It wasn't always that way um, in my community, San Gabriel. That's where I lived. Um, and so growing up, you know, went to elementary, public school, um, public middle school. And even in those school systems, you know, my elementary years, it was predominantly uh, white, a white space. And when I mean Caucasian kids, um, being Asian was a minority. Mm-hmm. And then I moved. How was that, man? How was it? Like, well, let me let, a, okay, let okay. me. and then middle school, it was uh, predominantly Latinx. And, and, and so Hispanic for, for some of you are more uh, with that term, but I'll use Latinx for that reason. Um, and then high school, it was like Asian American dominant. So like <laughs> I had these three enclaves wow. of just different experiences. Then I went to college, a private Baptist college in California, mm-hmm. um, and that was predominantly white, uh, white space. And so like I had like these different experiences of being the minority and then the majority and then like just, yeah. just you know, kind of getting an experience of what that's like in navigating those spaces. Uh, Sorry, well, you were going to question, say. man. I was, I don't even remember what that question was. Actually, I, I, I was not even point right now. That's okay. Because I have another question. Okay. How is it, because... Uh, what popped in my head is when you said you went to that Baptist school and it was predominantly white. Yeah. So, what what the what's faith like in the Asian community? Yeah. Because I know in the in the black community, man, it's like you everybody goes to church, man. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like you were made to go to church. From from it doesn't matter if they actually believed it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But everybody is raised knowing Jesus, telling uh uh um your kids you better go to church, you follow, listen to the pastor, the preacher. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's like something that's instilled. If you see a black child, he's probably going to know who Jesus is. Now, he may not, you know, actually know him. may know yeah. him like Michael Jordan, where he know all the stats, but he don't really personally know him. But they know him, man. What? How is it like that? And in, uh, in, how is it like in uh, yeah. the Asian community? Well, you got to think about, too, with Asian Americans. Um, you know, you do have um, Asian Americans that are church-attending faithful Christians. And then you have also religions within the Asian American community. You have like Hinduism, Buddhism, right? Mm. Um, That are part of the Asian American experience. And so I can't speak to those because um, my family is, you know, uh, a Christian family um, that I came from. Though my grandparents raising up were Buddhist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't speak to, you know, someone else's experience. But from my experience, you know, uh, I went to a Chinese American church. Um, And so what that meant was it was a tight-knit community of believers yeah. um, that, to be honest, it you know, growing up, I didn't 
realize it was a church early on. I just thought it was family. Yeah. Um, and so, you know. And, and that's and that the way the church is supposed to be. Ooh, <laughs> it man, is, man. yeah. But, but awesome. there were also drawbacks to that experience growing up. But again, so it was like, you know, you call people aunts, uncles, and, and you would mm. basically do life uh-huh. together, not just like, you know, on a Sunday, but like if let's say your car broke down, you would tell Uncle Bob to come over, who was from your church, to go fix your car, and he would do it either at a reduced price or do it for free because you're family to him. Yeah. And so that was kind of my experience, just really tight knit community, and, and and you know it was in the heart of Chinatown of Los Angeles, the church that I grew up in, yeah. uh, called Chinese United Methodist Church, like yeah, of Los Angeles. Sure. What a mouthful! That's a whole know. other thing. Think about we got a, a Methodist in our Baptist <laughs> domain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's you know that was the experience. But you know, uh, it definitely you know they ingrained in me the understanding of what church is like as a family. Yeah, uh, for sure. But the drawback is how in- exclusive it was. It was yeah. a tight enclave. So the idea of being evangelistic and being for your community and the outsider um, that just wasn't a value they had, and that's something I had to learn myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, you messed with us, you know, <laughs> you messed with all of us. <laughs> he was going down, man. <laughs> you know, but like that, that type that's of cool though, man. I, aspect, I love yeah. that field, man, because that's how I want to see it now. And I guess it's different because of the space that you came from, like community was a must. You know what I mean? Well, that it was, was it was how you survived, yeah. you know? And so if you didn't have that community, um, people to rely on, because to be honest, some of them came like they literally came over that generation to America. So their family yeah. was overseas. So they didn't have that support yeah, source. Yeah, for sure. You know, dude. so who did they have to lean on? Yeah, the church. Definitely, man. That's something I think is like, that's an experience right there that we can pull from your experience, man. Because I know in my life, it's always about individualism. It seems like, because uh, the American way is you can do it on your own, man. You yeah. can be a better person, you know? Yeah. And so. The church kind of like uh, wasn't like a family family like thing, you know what I mean? Well, I would say that that is one thing that Asian American Christians do bring to the table when it comes to American Christianity, in that kind of showing them what it looks like to be a church family, like yeah. authentic biblical community um, of caring for one another, you know, really checking in on each other, you mm-hmm. know, casting burdens upon one another and carrying yeah. them. You know, I think that's one of the, the, the gifts, you know, of, of, you know, image bearing that God has gifted the Asian American community that, you know, yeah. we really that's can't take away from, man. you know. Um, like, for example, like, you know, talking about individualism, from my experience growing up in Asian American church, like, after the service, after, your, you know, your small groups ended on a Sunday, one of the things we did is we ate together. Hmm. And so you wouldn't really finish church till like, three in the afternoon because <laughs> you are enjoying Bro, you got that black black church in common man. <laughs> that's right we'll right? be staying and eating and we'll be hanging right. out man like church potlucks like asians and i th- would even say black black community take it to another level that's right man like, we do man that's we right that's how we do it bro that's that's just church man that's how it is you know yeah but i do uh i do enjoy the the uh the the way that, well, our church is actually a little bit different, I would say. I think that we do have a great community because when you're talking about uncles and aunts and sisters and brothers, that you call them, you know, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 life group I'm in or growth group I'm in, man, some of the youngins, you know, mm-hmm. they got them calling me like Uncle Paul. Uncle Paul, you know, yeah. And that's dope, bro, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that's the true community that I look to, to see in church, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And to be honest with you, sometimes it's broken down because of the, uh, I think you said constructs mm-hmm. that are in society these days. And I'm not just talking about race here specifically, even though this podcast right today is about race, but it's different constructs. It's about uh, uh, like social economic class, you know, um, your status with how much money you make, where you're from, what language you speak. And some of those may be valid barriers, but uh, it just hurts my heart sometimes to be able to see churches that can't come together over those types of differences Mm. man i remember having a a church family with uh uh, some hispanics and we longed to be together you know what i mean but uh it was uh, and this church actually did the best they could we would have integrated meetings all the time to be Mm -hmm. able to just hang out and stuff but the diversity between our actual cultures was hard to like build that type of uh that type of uh 
that picture, I guess I say, yeah. in heaven where every tribe and tongue and nation is before the kingdom of God, praising God, man. How do you, how do you, how do you think that, uh, uh, how's your experience shown you to think about like that molding of different ethnicities together mm. for the glory of God and sharing the, the same goal yeah. of, of uh, reconciling man to God and then creating a new earth with kingdom. Yeah, basically bringing heaven to earth, right? That yeah. image and revelation of every tribe, every tongue, every nation worshiping together. You know, and, and I guess in, in churchy language, church leadership language, that would be like a multi-ethnic experience, yeah, of church, yeah, a, yeah. a multi-ethnic embodiment. And to be honest, that's kind of been the hot thing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Every church wants to be, I wouldn't say every church, sorry. Um, a lot of <laughs> churches. you can't use those all-inclusives. Right. Not every church, but a lot of churches are trying to shift to that model of being a multi-ethnic space, right? What do, what do, you, what do you think about that? Because I know that is a, a big deal. I got a buddy, yeah. and he was telling me how his church was like, we got to reach black people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's, he's a white guy, so mm-hmm. he's like, uh, we got to reach black people. You know, What are we going to do to be able to reach the community? Which... I know it's a wonderful heart mm-hmm. for a person of, of a, uh, a different race to see the need for that yeah. cultural integration, man, between churches. Because they want, the, they want the family of God to just look exactly as the picture yeah. of the Bible says. And that's a great heart. But whenever they start targeting specifically yeah. for races based on their race yeah. or based on their ethnic background, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you, what's your experience with that? Yeah, so... I want to back up a little bit with the multi-ethnic pursuit. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think it it definitely is a great ideal, and yes, it is something that God uh, desires for what His church, the Big C Church, is to look like. Um, but one thing I think pastors and church leaders who are trying to pursue that church planters is a lot of times they don't understand and they don't take into account to the cost, the cost that it takes. What do you um, mean about cost? You talking me, about money? No, 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 no. Let me describe to that to you the cost and effort. And even sacrifice it takes to be a multi-ethnic space. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, when you when you when you talk about being a multi-ethnic church community, um, every ethnicity, every race has a set of cultural values um, that are unspoken or spoken and that are at play. And sometimes those values that you, Paul, may have as a black African-American man and I as an Asian-American man, Chinese-American man, may be a little different. They may rub a little differently, Mm. all right? But because we are uh, coming from different lenses and and different backgrounds, sometimes we don't have the language to actually meet together and... um, see where what the other person is saying on their terms and so we're trying to decipher and and code switch and so that puts an effort and work and sweat and tears and even you know long conversations hard conversations and a lot of times people who are wanting to pursue a multi-ethnic vision of a church once the rub happens once the difficulty happens they're like okay i'm out and i give up and they you know they throw in the towel you know, so like an example was like for the Asian American experience, you know, for me, you know, reaching, you know, people of specific uh, Asian ethnicities. Right. So example was like the church that I grew up in. You know, we had to translate the message, the message. All right. Twice. So we would have to translate it into Cantonese. Right. A version of Chinese. And then also uh, translate it into English, right? Because we also had Cantonese-speaking Dang, so y'all spoke Cantonese. That's right. So, like, I thought most of it is Mandarin. That is, there are different uh, types of Chinese and dialects, and so it gets real, like, Fujianese, oh, uh, Hokkienese, oh, you know? Jeez, so, like, crazy. there's all, there's different subsets of it, so it's not as, like, monolith as people think. Yeah, but anyways, that's, that's not, yeah, that bad. is, that, yeah. that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> but, like, that example, like, we had, so the message itself had to be translated twice, and so, the amount of time of a message would have to be not just 30 minutes, you know, it would be double that because you had to translate it, you know. So, like, those types of things you have to take into account to, okay, not all my listeners, if I'm in a multi-ethnic space, may be English speakers, right, if you're talking to an immigrant population. Um, And so you have to think through that. But a lot of times we don't think through that lens because, again, we have a lens, every single one of us. And to be honest, you know, a lot of the times the majority lens wins, you know. And so not saying that's a not not saying you are a terrible human being or church leader for doing that. But just know, like, there are lenses you need to take into account to um, that, to be honest, we're just blind to. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why multi-ethnic 
spaces are hard to achieve. But, but also, also maybe a reason why we should have them, man. That's also a reason why that's yeah. not that's not a reason why not to have them. But mm -hmm. that's just a word of caution. If you really are trying to pursue yeah. that, take that into account, yeah. or else you're gonna create more tears, right, uh, than you intended. But yeah. then another thing too, just the reality, certain spaces, right, um, and. and uh, Christian author that your listeners may want to read more into is Brian Loritz. He talks about okay. this. Brian Loritz, um, he is a, a book. He's got a book. He's got you? several books. Um, give so me one that you read. Don't man, don't give me one just sure. just because you you heard it sound. No good. no no. Insider an insider outsider is a really great book uh, oh, okay. for right. for church leaders who are trying to seek uh, pursuing the multi ethnic church. Mm. Um, or also his book. Uh, it's basically called. Um, I think it's wrong, wrong. It's it's right leader, wrong culture. Okay. All right, and he's talking about how every church, every ethnic space has specific cultures and subsets of that. Oh, and, check the show notes, man. Those <laughs> books will be there. That's so right. Check them out. Um, but talking about that, there's certain areas in our country, right, that predominantly are a majority base, and they don't have the ability to be multi-ethnic. Mm -hmm. You know, now that doesn't mean that they can't still support. Being multi-ethnic, so they yeah. may be, what for example, okay. yeah. So they may be a predominantly black community, mm -hmm. right? For your, for, you know, for your example, right? And they don't have a lot of Latinx, or uh, they don't have a lot of Asian Americans in the area, or even Caucasians, right? Mm -hmm. So to try to pull in and make people move to their city, or that's yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. But what can they do, right? They can be praying for. They can be. Um, resourcing, they can be um, even equipping and training with the resources they have to help promote churches that either are in a multi-ethnic space, like larger cities, yeah. um, or, you know, um, getting feedback in pursuit, you know, and uh, understanding what it's like. So those types of things, you know, so, yeah. yes. I do like that uh, idea, though, is because it's, it's true. I feel like sometimes that we get this message pushed to us so often that we do need to look like, the church in the Bible, you know, and yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, it's wrong because it is right that we should look like the church in the Bible. That's yeah. what the Bible's there for. But it's not feasible in some places. Like you said, man, it's a predominantly black church where everybody around them is black. Like, yeah. it's going to be almost impossible to do that. So I think that should free up some people it, it about, should. like, their view of church. If they have a heart and long to do it, mm -hmm. I think that's what that's what's important. I think if they have the ability to and they have the heart for it, you know, then, yes, pursue that. You know, and if you don't have the ability, you can still have the heart and support yeah. churches that are actively yeah. in a multi-ethnic space. And for those who are pursuing multi-ethnic um, churches and, and spaces, to also think not just diversity, but also inclusion, because they're mm -hmm. similar but not the same. So diversity, yes, you may have that black staff member or that you know, that Asian staff member or Latinx staff member, or, you know, you may have that person on the band that slays on the base, you know, like, like, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're living out God's vision for, you know, the church. Yeah, um, what that also means is inclusion. So making sure that person's voice or person's voice carries the same weights at the mm. table in terms of decision making, yeah. you know? And so again, not to upset any viewers or, or, um, cause any triggers but like think about your church staff right look at your church staff does your church staff or elder staff right does it look like your community you know mm. and if it doesn't that's something to think about yeah i think that's definitely true especially and i had some pushback there on what you said but then when you said it's staff it's church staff that you're specifically speaking about and a person on church staff should have the understanding yeah and have the uh the like the I don't want to say braininess, but sure. should have the heart, should have the education, should have the understanding yeah. to be able to carry weight with his words. Well, you know, staff, you know, elders, but also, you know, you may yeah. be in a context where you don't have like eight staff at your church, yeah. but you do have lay leaders or leadership. Yeah, yeah. You know, so your leadership should look like your, I'm yeah. sorry, you would like your leadership to look like your community if yeah. it's a multi ethnic space. And if not, you know, what are you doing to make strides towards that? Yeah, for sure. I think that's always good, man, for your community. Not only just not like your leaders in your um, in your church, but it's also important that that it might also embody the community that you live in. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's because that's what I was thinking about. More importantly, is that uh, if I live in a, a place where there's just like a, a ton of, of of Hispanics or there's a, a ton of uh, Asians or a ton of uh, uh, Black folks or there's a ton of Marshallese people or whatever. 
then I want to engage that community because yeah. they're my community. That's right. You know what I mean? And so I think it's also important about uh, when thinking about race because that is that seems to be that's the, like the big issue. It seems to be dividing so many people is that we want to go specifically because they're a different race mm-hmm. and not because they're a part of our community. Mm-hmm. And I think that even as a black person, I, I want to uh, I want to tell everybody, and I got a joke on the side here. I'm going to tell okay. a little bit, but uh, that it's not that you would reach out to me because I'm black, but it would be that you would reach out to me because I live in the house by your church, mm-hmm. like. Because I live two blocks away, then you probably should talk to me, mm-hmm. which is so amazing. One of my uh, uh, teachers, man, he was um, going to visit people, and somebody had just moved by, and he went to him and he talked to him, man. And it wasn't because they were black folks. He really didn't. He didn't really, yeah. you know, think about it in that way. It was just because they had moved in and they were next door. And I think that's the most important part. Yeah. Well, let me put some. Let community. me put some context to you a little more and flush that out yeah. uh, for for your listeners who are like leading in churches and. Um, thinking about like how, how do we you know become more inclusive what that does for somebody in your community who may be an ethnic minority you know mm-hmm. so for example is like for me when I see somebody in leadership that's visible uh, who's an Asian American for me that's something really empowering and yeah. also it makes me think I can actually have a place here because representation matters, right? When yeah, you watch does, when man. you watch TV shows, mm. right, and you see somebody that you can relate to, yeah. you just become even more connected to that TV show or music. Yeah. Or does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Actually, uh, on a side note, I wanted to ask okay. you what you thought about. Uh, so I'm not even know his name, but dude from. Do you ever watch The Walking Dead? Uh, yes, so, I've seen So, you know, it. dude on Walking Dead. Stephen Yun. Yeah, okay. Glenn so, Rhee. he's the first person, the first Asian American to be nominated for an Oscar. Did you hear about that? Yes, yes, well, yes. So, Stephen Yun, for your viewers, you guys, if you haven't watched it, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big moment it a big for deal. Asian Americans yeah. with Stephen Yun and um, him starring um, in Minari. Um, that's the pronunciation. It's not Minari. It's Minari. Uh, yeah, because um, everybody's like Minari. No, it's Minari. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but Korean. I'm sure it's great. Um, but the reason why, like, watching that is such a big big deal for Asian Americans, right, is he tells he, – uh, the director Lee Isaac Chung. He's he's telling a story about Asian American family. It's semi-autobiographical, but mm-hmm. it's not completely. Um, but he's telling a, a story, and we don't get to see a lot of these types of stories. Yeah. And so there are things in that story of that family that we can all resonate with, and we're like, oh, I've experienced that. Yeah. I know what that's like. Finally, I get to be seen by somebody, yeah. and it's it, again, it's so empowering when you see that. It's awesome, man. I mean, I, there has been a, and I, I don't know, you know, but I've been watching a lot of movies lately here because I got a, a YouTube channel, Write Out Reviews, if you guys want to check it out. <laughs> Shameless plug, bro. Shameless plug. <laughs> but there has been a lot of Asian movies yeah. and shows that have come out, man. Yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, bro. That was pretty funny. It, it, then, it is, yeah, but they're, they're. But I mean, The Farewell. That yes. was a very good movie, man. Yeah. And what I thought was so great about it is how it juxtaposed like uh, Eastern ideals yeah. versus Western ideals, you know, because it was talking about how Eastern ideals were about family, yes. you know, while Western ideas are about individual. individual yeah. And I really, uh, and I kind of guess that goes back to your experience with the church is even in your church, the community was always more important than individual. Mm-hmm. And while at times now it seems like our own personal individual lives are more important in the community, man. And I hate that. And I know that individualism is important in a way because how can the community f- yeah. be benefit if you're not making the best of who you are? Yeah, well, it's it's a balance, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's both and, not either or. You know, and, and for example, like with Asian Americans, again, a broad stroke, listeners, yeah, a broad sure. stroke, you know, is um, there is uh, uh, sometimes just hyper-valuing family and community at the expense of yourself. And so, for example, like you can idolize your parents and trying to meet their expectations and trying to please them so that you actually don't live your life, yeah. you know. And, and I actually, bad, I personally faced that tension myself, you know, moving out to Texas. You know, there, there was this guilt, this shame of like, I'm not being a good son or a grandson to my grandparents and my parents caring for them, um, being around them. But at the same time, like there was this desire for me to live my dream, to live my life essentially to explore yeah, what else is sure. out there, which is why I moved here, you yeah, know? And so I, struggle, even man. to this day, I still carry that, you know, and you can't, you know, it, it's, it's always going to be there, you know? Yeah, Cause I just got up and went, bro. I'm yeah. Like, Texas, but go. that may be a different value system for you, yeah, you know, for but sure. that is the inner struggle I experienced, you know, an it example is, is yeah, like, man. 
That's yeah. something that's different, man. And mm-hmm. it comes from your background. Yeah. I think it's important for us to all learn, especially in the environment of the church, because all of those things I've been reading in Ephesians with uh, uh, my men's group, and, and we just got through the passage where it talks about how God has given these gifts to all people and that there some are prophets, some are apostles, some are teachers, some are all these different roles. And it said it's because what it's doing is it's building us all up yeah. into the head. Mm-hmm. It's making, And the head is Jesus. So it's, it's all creating an environment in which we can grow together to be more like Christ. And that's the, the reason that I think that it is good to see uh, specifically, we're talking about different ethnicities coming together in a church because mm-hmm. we can grow from their ideals. Like That's I right. said, the individualism of America is important as well as the community of some of the Asian communities, uh, yeah. the, the community aspect yeah. of the Asian people. Well, you know, think think about it this way, right? You're making space, right? You're making space, creating a space, uh, loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you do that, you're embodying, you know, God's design for that. So what do, you, what, do you think, uh, uh, what do you think is a way that we can create space? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I create space for a white brother? How mm-hmm. can I create space for an Asian brother? How can I create space? Because I do have my own individual experiences, mm-hmm. but there are others that have experiences that are quite different. There are people that have the same experience as me, and those I connect with automatically. Yeah. But what? how do I be open to uh, you know, the allowing others to come into to my area that I have no real. I guess no, I wouldn't say real as in drop quotes. I did drop quotes for real because real is the connection we have in the spirit. Yeah. Because Christ has entered into all of us, and so we are all connected despite anything. I may have answered my own question, but uh, like, how do I make space for people that are different from me? Yeah. Well, I, I assume you're asking me practically. Yeah, do, like, yeah, what practical, is it practical yeah. like in a Christian church context? You know. Um, and I think one of the biggest things, you know, again, I'm in church leadership, so I think in those terms, you know, but I also can speak on personal terms, too, as well. So mm-hmm. church leadership-wise, you know, let's say, um, you know, you're wanting to create a space for a specific community group that's in your demographic that's in your area, you know. Um, you may want to consider talking to somebody in that community space and asking them, hey, what are your values what, what things about our church does this not connect with, you know? Mm-hmm. So a great example is um, trends. I'm going to, again, listeners paid a broad stroke on things, right? So example is this, you know, uh, being in a predominantly white church, right? Mm-hmm. One of the, the values they have is celebration of hope, of rejoice, right? So you mm-hmm. think about the songs they choose in their worship, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are going to talk about that. And that's that's a good thing, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. But one of the things that I, I see with a lot of black communities, black churches, and even Asian churches too, is a value of lament, mm-hmm. okay? So like, a lot of times when something tragic happens, right, there is space for them to lament as a community yeah. instead of just continuing to, yeah, just you know, pushing through, pushing through and, and, you know, praising Jesus, you know, which, which again is what we do, mm-hmm. right? There are times in the life of a church in its body where like we do need to lament about something as a community, yeah. you know? And so for example, like, let's say, you know, for example, recent events, okay, for the Asian American community, you know, uh, you have these incidents of Asian hate, essentially, anti-Asian sentiments happening, and, you know, as a church, you're rejoicing and celebrating how God, you know, is good, and you never talk about those things and never say how, you know, what just happened is tragic and is evil, you know, like those type of things. For somebody who's in a, a Asian lens, right, mm-hmm. they're not feeling rejoiceful or celebratory yeah they're actually really sad you know and so broken right and when you say those things you know and again maybe your listeners may not be comfortable doing that in a church setting when you say those things that listener is is, and that person who's sitting in your church is seen Mm -hmm. you know and they feel like man this place really gets me and they they are embodying empathy and compassion to what i'm feeling right now bro i feel bad man because in the midst of that, I've never asked you about that. I've never asked okay. how you feel about the situation with them. Uh, that dude came and, and shot like eight Asian people. Yeah, well, um, number one, that that is that is one of the larger, most recent incidents. But this is something that has continued, and I know you. Oh, we oh I, I know that man. It's I, just I think about it because we give like huge outcries 
for the black community. You know, we had like a, a huge thing and stuff that we put up because of a person that died. Yeah. And it's a big deal, you know, and it's like we haven't done that mm. for uh, the Asian community. We pray about it at, in my classes and stuff. We talk about it. And it's just, I feel like there should be more lamenting over that. Because mm -hmm. we did have, you know, we did have a time of lament, especially George Floyd. That was a huge thing. Yeah. And people lamented about that. And they also argued about it. But people took time to, to, to like, be sad mm -hmm. and cry out to God and be like, why God? You know, what is this for? Yeah. But for uh, when that dude killed all the Asian people, really the only thing I heard about a whole lot was the fact that he was a Southern Baptist. <laughs> You know and, I, I mean? and I'm sorry for laughing, you know, but yeah. Uh, but it's the truth, man. It's yeah. like, that's, that is comical. It's like, why didn't we be sad for the the, the, the people, the Asian people in the yeah. community, rather than just talk about how we look bad because we're Southern Baptist mm -hmm. and he was from a Southern Baptist, you know? Yeah. And I understand, and before, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk, but that's okay. I, and I understand the fact that they're talking about it that way because yeah. they want to say that as Southern Baptists, we need to uh, police our people for the truth of the gospel and loving the community regardless mm -hmm. of who you are. Mm -hmm. But it just comes off as saying, we don't care about the people that were hurt. Mm -hmm. We want to protect ourselves. You know, so I just, I feel bad about that, man. I, yeah. I never even thought about that, so I apologize. No, no, don't feel guilty. You know, uh, we all have work to do when it comes to racial reconciliation and um, social and racial justice, you know, biblically speaking and yeah. thinking wise. I'm glad you added that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a hot <laughs> button, but you can still be a Christian and still pursue social justice and racial justice and, and reconciliation. You know, that's what my wife and I do. Um, but like um, these anti-Asian rhetoric and incidents, you know. Because, um, dude, my own dadgum, well, he's not mine, but I'm from Arkansas, yeah. and he was running for president, and he was our governor, and mm -hmm. then he goes off and makes sly jokes about, like, ah, man, I should identify as Asian because then yeah. Coke will like me and all. Like, bro, if he would have said something Mike like Huckabee. that. About, yeah. yeah, Mike Huckabee, yep. yeah. I didn't want to call him out. Not everybody knew I was no, talking about. No, we're not calling him out, but yeah. But if he would have said something about, like, yeah. I should identify as black, well, yeah. dude, there would be some people wigging out yeah. over that, dude. Well, it, it's it's hard. Personally for me, it's it's sad to watch, and it hurts every single incident, just like it would when you watch, you know, for example, like when Dante Wright recently, right, when your viewers yeah. will probably be dated, but Dante Wright is one of the most recent incidents of police brutality and yeah. injustice, you know? I think it was like a two days or two or three days, I think, from when we record this today. Yeah. So. Um, but for me, like, when I, when I see those incidents, you know, I'm like, man, this could be my parents. This could be my sisters. This could be me. And, and I know that's a, that, that is me reading into um, an incident, but you start to think about that, you know, because it's like becoming normalized that these incidents are happening. Mm. Um, so there's that fear. Uh, there's also just sadness too of like the fact that this is an image bear this happened yeah. and then there's like these these conversations of like oh it, it's not a big deal this is not you know uh, for example and again uh, this is not a rhetoric's fault you know this is an individual thing this is not systemic you know you're, you're feeling this like um, yeah. dismissal and 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 there's also for Asian Americans, there is this, this um, unseen, um, essentially experience of being the model minority. Uh, of of <laughs> I, hey, I, I, and I know I'm that's, sorry, man, but you're right, dude. It's that's like, that's hey. a term of like you know uh, we're not seen as people of color. We're not seen as minorities. We're we're valued and, and we're ex essentially it pits us against you know Latinx yeah. and Black people. Um, and that's the model, model minority is a myth. Anyways, yeah. that's besides it does, the point. It, it is because it makes it so weird that that they'll be like, "Oh, uh, it shouldn't be because you're black." Because look at the Asians. Yeah, like uh, look at like, the Asians. The they heck, work man? hard. They're silent, yeah. and and you can up, be like man. them. But basically, they villainize us. Anyways, like seeing those things, like it's like people are all of a sudden shocked that anti-Asian sentiments exist, and they always have, mm -hmm. you know. And part of it too is Asian American community, you know. Um, growing up, when these things happened, my family told us not to say anything, you know, don't do anything because of the fear of getting discovered, 
everything that they worked for, they didn't want that to be taken away. So then there's that internal oppression and restriction and and racism they're facing. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I can't, I can't package it in a nice thing for your listeners, but all I'll say is this, it's very complicated. It's very hard. It's very personal. And, um, it's very tragic. Yeah. It's very tragic. You know, that I get, I just like it. what, What makes it so tragic is, me, you know, and I hate. I, I don't want to stand on a mountain and be like, mm-hmm. I am the greatest guy alive. But it's just like me. I'm thinking about this, and I try my hardest to see positions of of uh, other people in any way, form, even ones that I hate. You know what I mean? I try at least put my foot in there. But I can I can think of myself when I was thinking uh, at at the time, and this gonna make it feels bad to be able to admit this, but. I was like, uh, that brother that shot him, is, he said he did it for sex reasons, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I was like, why is everybody tripping? He said he did it for sex reasons. But then to think about it, that's that's that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's because even though he may have done it for one reason, a people were targeted, man. Yeah. And it may even stem further than that because if it was just for sex reasons, then why were those women in that position? It's mm-hmm. because they were targeted for their race to be put in positions, mm-hmm. in sex positions, man. Yeah, it's, it's so, very convoluted and very nuanced. And yeah. for your listeners, if you guys want to know more about anti-Asian sentiments and even that specific issue, The Holy Post uh, has a good, good, good um, podcast episode okay. talking about the SBC roots of that gentleman yeah. um, and even like the Asian stereotypes of um, spas, you know, and, and just yeah. that 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 racism against it. Um, also, uh, if you guys know uh, listeners, Carlos Whitaker, he has his own podcast. He interviewed Dave Gibbons, uh, mm-hmm. pastor out in California, talking about that too. And so oh, wow. um, just it's just helpful things. But um, it, w- the, I think the saddest thing is is people dismissing and, and letting that gentleman off the hook. And anytime those big incidents happen, whether it be someone like George Floyd or Dante Wright, um, there is always a, a portion of the population that will always say, well, that person was a criminal or, oh, you know, mm-hmm. um, those spas, they were actually massage parlors and they were, you know, uh, doing all these types of shady business. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't think they understand the level of grief that the community is experiencing. Yeah. And so it's kind of like you might want to read the room a little better, mm-hmm. you know, in those incidents. And so grieve with those communities and the victims and their families you know um that's probably the most important thing you can do as a christian is grieve with you know Uh, i think that is that is super powerful man that's a good word is grieving with man yeah because when you grieve with somebody you know even though you may not understand all the things and the nuances it 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 is very cathartic and healing and very christ-like i don't yeah i don't think you need to understand man you know because paul says just uh weep with those who weep man yeah and that's 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 a huge, huge thing. Man, my brother told me one time is that he had a friend that went through a divorce, and um, he it was like he felt like even though it really wasn't, but he was like he felt like this is the first time in his life that he could not do anything in order to help his brother, mm-hmm. and so he just sat with him. Well, know? Job's friends, right? You know, yeah. the first thing they do before they say anything, I know, I know, yeah, I know yeah. we throw stones at Job, we like do. we sh- throw shade at him, <laughs> but the first thing they do that they get right, they sit is they with, that sit that with him. Right, they yeah. sit with him and they don't say anything. They're just with him, yeah. and that is 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 a very uh, powerful thing and an embodiment of of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. With yeah, people. that's so. right, man. Yeah. Well, we're almost at the end of our time, man. But so I want to wrap this up and and put this together in a beautiful bow called yeah. the Gospel, man. You know, so I've read a, a book by John Piper called Bloodlines, man, and, mm-hmm. and it's really good, man. I thought it was uh, very inquisitive. He used some world statistics and then all this stuff talking about racism and stuff but then he tried to bring it all back to the gospel and truth of the gospel so i thought it was it was pretty good but what do you think is the power of the gospel to be able to bring people together in this man Mm -hmm. in the conversation of race in the topic of race yeah you know i know there's a lot of debate on what what role race plays with the gospel you know, some people think that, you know, it is it is the thing. And then some people think, well, no, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I would say this. Obviously, race is not the centrality of the gospel. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, and, and again, if your listeners disagree with me, they can. You know, I, I that's really fine. You know? <laughs> Fight in the comments. <laughs> but but I will say is race when it comes to the gospel, 
I would say the gospel leads us in living it out and acting out and giving us the freedom and, and liberation even to be able to reconcile, right? Mm-hmm. And we have that passage in Galatians, right? Um, there's not neither Jew nor Greek. That's not an erasure of race or ethnicity. It is it is basically undoing of the divisions, right? Yeah. And being able to pursue reconciliation and, and valuing different ethnicities and embracing and celebrating the way God created the uniqueness of yeah. them, right? Mm-hmm. The uniqueness of them, but understanding where our true first and foremost identity comes from, right? As being a child of God, right? A, yeah. a, a redeemed Amen. by Jesus, right? Made Amen. new, right? That is where identity comes from. But then that should lead us, you and I, right? You and I, Paul, and, and mm-hmm. your listeners and, and other Christians to then pursue others, right? And regarding also that lens of knowing, oh, there's a there's a unique lens that I may not share with them ethnically, right? But I'm united with them in Christ. And because of that, I'm going to pursue them and be united and live with them. Even yeah. if there's rub. Yeah. Even like, if there's, even, there's, there, is, there is going to be friction, there is going to be disagreements, but stick with it, mm-hmm. right? Just like a marriage, right? Yeah. You're going to have, Brian Lewis, again, he has had a quote, right? Like, mm-hmm. pursuing multi-ethnic uh, churches is like a marriage. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough, but you got to stick with it, Yeah, you know? Because, man, you stick with it. It could be a beautiful, and it will be. And it will be, a yeah. Thing. Yeah, it will be. And and yeah. so pursue it, you know, if the, the ability to to do it is. But just know there's a cost with it. There's yeah. going to be a sacrifice of preferences. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of tears, yeah. you know, but it's worthwhile to yeah, do. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I love what you said about that, man, especially something that I always tried to be able to say quickly, and I think you, you said it perfectly, is uh, uh, whenever – he says there's no difference between the Jew and Greek. It's not an erasing, mm-hmm. but a, a breaking of the division. Yeah. yeah I think and that, that's good. It's like, you know, I can sit across from somebody who is a ethnicity and experience like, like you, Paul, right? And mm-hmm. I can celebrate the fact that you are black. Mm-hmm. There are cultural values of being black that mm-hmm. I may not experience and share. And that's mm-hmm. okay. But I want to learn more. I don't want to take your culture and appropriate it mm-hmm. and try to bring it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn it on your terms, mm-hmm. right? And celebrate that. And vice versa, I would hope you do the same for me as a Christian. Yeah, you know, sure. learn about my Asian American experience, celebrate it, but again, not appropriate it, right? Yeah, definitely, man. That's beautiful word, beautiful word. Well, I appreciate you joining with me, man, and hopefully I'll have you back on and talk about some other <laughs> stuff. I know you were a big Star Wars fan. I am. And I got a theme in my head where Star Wars is going. I'm going to have to watch them all over again yeah. to make sure I get it right. But I'm going to have you on and talk about That'd that. Be great, Paul. And then, uh, yeah, it was beautiful being able to talk about this, man. So, hey, I appreciate you guys for listening, and I hope to see you back in our next episode. All right. Bye, guys.